Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on March the 29th, 2022. I'm your host, the leader of a cult. With me, as always, one of my parishioners. Happy night. Send help. Help. <laughs> you probably help. should. They, they probably should. Help me too. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing... Or, no, of course, we will be discussing our March Game Club game, which is Lake. We'll be revealing our April Game Club game. PlayStation Spartacus revealed as a PlayStation Plus overhaul. GTA Plus offers subscription service for GTA Online. And we have a submission for our community corner. Gran Turismo 7 now has Sony's lowest user score ever on Metacritic. Timestamps will be in the show notes following the respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. I moved this week. There, this past week. You had a movement? Really? I, I did have a movement. I, I would hope that you would have a movement more often than this. Yeah. Once every few years, it's, uh... What, are you a sloth? <laughs> I, I, yes. Yes, I do suffer from the sin of sloth. And gluttony, and... Y- yep. Yep. I'm, I'm a very sinful person. Mwahaha. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not supposed to be a checklist. No. Usually not. Um... But I'm not greedy, unless being, uh, you know, the head of a commune, the head of a cult, makes you greedy. Which, never mind, now that I say that out loud, you're right. It is a checklist. Um, but yeah, as, as you know, and as our listeners know, because I talked about it, I moved. I'm in a new house. I got a new office, a new setup for my desk, and all of my stuff. And it's pretty good so far. I'm very tired, as moving is, is tiring. Say good night, everybody. Do what? Say good night, everybody. Right. Good night. And my house has still, you know, got lots and lots of unpacked boxes in it. But one or two boxes a day, I might be moved in completely by August. Maybe. And I'm okay with that. I still have packed up boxes in here, so. Yeah. I'm trying to um, get my office unpacked. I'm to the point where I need to start putting up my shelves. I have three shelves to put up. Um, I gave up the bookcase that I had in my office because I have a closet in here that has got a bunch of, you know, shelves and, and racks in it. So a lot of the stuff that I had sitting on the bookshelf in my office, just as like a storage point is going to go in the closet. Um, so the shelves are going to be just for more like display stuff. I got a new desk, which is, I, um, it's a desk I had in my office that I used as like a work workbench before, and it's got some cubbies on it and this really tall, I don't know, stand on the right. Um, and I'm mad at my mic on that, so it's hanging uh, now instead of uh, being attached to my desk on the boom arm. And it's upside down. And it's neat to just, like, pull it down from overhead. I like it better, actually. Uh, it's so, not in uh, the way. So do you have a urge to yell, let's get ready to rumble? Let's let me let me grab my mic because actually I won't do that's probably a bad idea to grab it and yell into and it. also yes. uh, trademarks and right 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 but yeah it's nice to just like reach up and grab it and pull it down and then when I'm done just push it back up and over to the side so far I haven't spilled any drinks in my office yet um so well, well it's the the day is still young that's true um 
But I've got like the immediate cubby to my right is going to be where like I put my drink. One of the main reasons that I would spill it before is that I would be reaching for something to my side kind of absentmindedly and I would smack my cup and knock it over. But I'm not going to say it's impossible. I might still find a way, but it seems really difficult to accidentally reach into my cubby, my drink cubby and knock it over. So, yep. Those are those are some of my improvements. This house is covered in hearts. I didn't realize this when we looked at the house, but the people who designed it designed it to be like, you know, the house of community, you know, community love like 30 years ago. It was like this really sweet old couple. We've actually met them. It's not the crazy like divorced couple who owned the house when we bought it from them. Um that yeah, were the antithesis of everything that house was designed to be. <laughs> yeah, the let's go Brandon guy and the MLM hun. Um, who owned? Oh, the I house. thought they were the same. <laughs> Touche. But uh, no, the the people who built the house were like, yeah, we wanted this place to be like, you know, a place of love and community where that our friends and family could come and hang out. That's why we built it so big. And you know, she was like, we put hearts everywhere, and we were like, what? And we started looking around, and some of them are pretty obvious. And it's like, oh, right, of course. Like they didn't, um, you know, had custom cast uh, some coat hooks and little things to go in the kitchen to put like, you know, a paper towel rack and towel holders and stuff that are cast iron and they've got little hearts. You yeah, know, so, so you need to reseason them. them. I'll go get the bacon. Right. And then you start looking and it's like, oh, all, all of the, you know, the trim has hearts on it. And uh, there's a lot of like custom um, made cabinets. So, he, the guy who built it was an architect, and then his wife was like a professional, like interior decorator who had lots of crafty skills. And so, like, they built, you know, cabinets and custom cut, like, stone, you know, masonry work for the side of the building and stuff. And so, there's hearts on the side of the building and in custom made, like, cabinets and decorations and furniture. And they're done extremely well. I mean, one, they're very well done. They're beautiful pieces, very artful, like, skills that I could never hope to possess. But they're done in such a way that they blend in, and so you don't notice them until you notice them. And then it's one of those things that you start noticing them everywhere. It's neat. It makes me so happy, all the hearts that are around this place. Or like how somebody points out that there's a face somewhere. Right, and then you can never unsee the face. It's like that with the hearts. So, it's cool. I like it. Um, but otherwise, you know, it's it's still a house. It's just bigger because we moved in all the people. Mm-hmm. My phone is buzzing. It's the first time we recorded. Um, oh, Katie's asking me if I've had the dogs. Whoops. No, I didn't. In our first random intermission. Right. I'm not. Well, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to feed the dogs. I think Katie will feed them. Yeah, they could survive the night. Honestly, they could. I mean, I don't. You know, I wouldn't, like, not feed them on purpose, but if we had forgotten, they would have been all right. But um, I I thought she was going to be like, hey, you're really loud. I haven't soundproofed my office yet. I am going to still do some soundproofing. It's not as bad as I thought it was was going to be. The floor is carpet, um, and there are many things I don't like about carpet from stain potential and allergies and stuff, but really good sound absorption, so... That helps a ton. But I'm just waiting to see if they're going to be like, we can hear you swearing and talking about tits and stuff. (laughs) So, boobs, boobs, butts, butts, vagina. There we go. Dicks. 
are you talking about yourself? All right. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to the childish part of the podcast. Um, also known as, was it 200 and almost 70 episodes of Video Game Logic? Hell yeah. Going strong, baby. Um, how are you this week? What's new with you? Had the D server for the weekend, so had to kind of rush to get the game club uh, done. Thankfully, it was a short game. It is pretty uh, short. But made pizza. Uh, taught uh, the niece how to, uh, well, use a chef's knife. Even though she was a little intimidated by, you know, massive chef's knives that I have. I, I don't even have, you know, like, machete chef's knives. I have uh, a 9-inch and an 8-inch chef knife. Because Adina likes a uh, slightly shorter knife. And do I really need an excuse to get another knife, right? I don't think you do. I don't think you do. Uh, Maybe I should have just put her with baby cleaver. (laughs) I've shown you uh, my miniature meat cleaver, right? Yes, yes you have. And that thing is wicked sharp. Uh, But made pizza, uh, tried to... Actually, a different recipe for it with a different, well, a different dough method. This was slow fermentation, 48-hour uh, pizza dough. Yeah. And actually, it was uh, fucking delicious. It just usurped uh, my uh, sourdough uh, pizza, uh, which the sourdough, it's good. It's just, it's strong. Yeah. And if I want something that's, you know, not, you know, like eating, well, sourdough, right? Yeah. One downside is that, you know, it takes two days for it to ferment, but the, but the plus side is I'm not having to worry about pizza dough and then do all the toppings, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, made an absolute mess of the kitchen, uh, hung out with the niece, had a good time. I think she enjoyed, uh, you know, learning some knife skills. I mean, I'm not going to claim I'm amazing with them, but... It's at least, you know, I have fewer knife, you know, scars than her grandfather who was trying to teach her. And she accidentally cut herself, which is a sign that, you know, he was teaching her wrong, right? Yeah, quite possibly. And also, uh, you know, doing uh, mushrooms with a sharp knife, it's, you know, you're not requiring a lot of pressure, right? Yeah. I mean, most things, when you're cutting them, especially in, like, the, the fruit and vegetable world, if you've got a sharp knife, you the knife does the work. Mm-hmm. Well, th- well, that's the thing, is that I- I'm not sure about her grandfather that was teaching her. It, this was uh, her father's side, which he had two sets of grandparents because that a stepfather. And uh, uh, Let's just put it this way. Uh, they're about as bad as the MLM Hunt and the Let's Go Branding guy. Actually, they might be worse. Well, that's not great. Uh, and her other grandparents on Anita's side, her, uh, Anita's mom hates sharp knives. Uh, she, uh, thinks a sharp knife is too dangerous and, uh, past a certain point. I see. Meanwhile, here are all my knives, you know, are push-cutting paper, Right. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I'll go in and hone them every, you know, few weeks if, uh, you know, I start to feel any resistance. Yeah. I'd I'd much rather have a a knife that's too sharp as opposed to a knife that's too dull. Yeah, I have a feeling if I ever have to uh, 
uh, cooking Anita's uh, mom's kitchen. I'm going to be sneaking in. Uh, well, I have a El Cheapo, you know, quick and dirty uh, uh, pole sharpener that I'd probably uh, yeah, have in my pocket, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, what's that over there? Shink, shink, shink. <laughs> right? Yeah. I've got a really nice knife sharpening. I, I call it my knife sharpening set. I mean, it's it's a, a couple of different stones, you know, mm-hmm. um, wet stones. And I do have one of those pool sharpeners for like a quick, like quick and dirty, like, oh, you know, oh shit. Like, but I, I've, I've got two stones and then like a leather, um, like a big leather uh, strap. strap. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a kit that's two uh, double-sided stones. So it's, oh, the, uh, now I'm blanking on that exact grid of them, but you know, the, uh, the fine grid is just you know, absurdly overkill. Yeah. Uh, a, it has a strop with it, uh, and a flattening stone as well, because, you know, if you, uh, use a whetstone for long enough, you know, you'll, uh, start to get a valley in it, where you've ground it down. Yeah. Uh, and a honing rod, which the honing rod is what gets, uh, the, the kind of my major mileage to keep things sharp. Or it's not even, you know, I, yes, yes, I know. Uh, it doesn't keep things sharp, it just brings them back true. It's not technically sharpening but trying to explain that to a 13 year old right (laughs) you're starting to throw a a little bit too much technicality in right yeah uh by the way welcome to the uh, quick portion of the podcast this is what happens when we've been uh away for a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. and can't talk about it you and i this is not just like a bit that we do we talk about cooking a lot because we're both enthusiasts gaming and cooking those are like our two biggest things i think yeah, uh, and I, I get a little bit on the deep end on cooking. Uh, the recipe for the pizza dough I used, it's from The Elements of Pizza. And though I'm not joking, that's the actual book. Nice. It's from like a the, good book. It's from the same author that did Flour, Salt, Water, Yeast, which is one of the major bread books. Yeah. And it goes way into the depths of not just uh, dough, but how to shape, how to uh, 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 the history of pizza, pizza in different regions. Uh, I picked it up pretty cheap on, I think it was Google Play. They do have good book sales sometimes, mm-hmm. oh, and good like coupon deals for books. And uh, Amazon's the other one that does really deep discounts on uh, books. So yeah. And it also helps that, you know, have a little bit of credit. Oh, uh, got to spend something. I'll, I'll get a random uh, cooking book that's you know, really technical. <laughs> right? Yep. There's, um, I've, I've mentioned him a couple of times. I know I've mentioned him to you. I don't know if I've, he's ever come up on the show or not. But even mm-hmm. before we started the commune, there was a, a guy that had been living with us for a while. You know, we've been helping him. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, a lot, lot of stuff, really complicated situation. We've been helping him. And he, I just, he just finally started wanting to learn how to cook. Like, he feels like he's made enough improvements mm-hmm. in his life that that's something that he can tackle. And so, like, we had our first, like, lesson last night while we were cooking dinner. And I'm like, oh, and it was just, you know, hamburgers and fries, you know, homemade uh, burgers and, and see, fries. I would, I would start with pasta, really, because. Well, I, I mean, that was what was that was what was on the menu. He was like, I hey, know. can you, you know, can you start teaching me? And I'm like, yeah, this is what we're cooking tonight. So we'll start with this. And uh, he was, I was like, how technical do you want me to get? Do you want me to just show you what to do? 
uh, and, and, you know, show and tell you what to do, or do you want me to explain it? And he was like, please explain it to me. So I'm standing in the kitchen and wind up giving, like, this cooking lesson to, like, a bunch of, of people who are like, oh, interesting. Because everyone in the house knows how to cook, but only me and Jack really understand anything about food science. And so, you know, I'm explaining hamburgers and, and like, meat and why they sort of, you know, swell up when you cook them and why, you know, one way to help with that is to get, like, a little divot and explaining, like, you know, fries and different ways that you can prepare fries to get different type of textures out of them. And, you know, what what are you wanting to, to cook? Are you just, you know, wanting to make food? How much effort do you want to put in? Do you want to give it a certain type of, you know, finish, per se? You know, here's how you can get different things out of your, your seasonings. You know, do you mix them in the meat? Do you put them mm. on the meat? Um, you know, using cast iron versus just like a metal pan, what your different oils are for. Why you don't uh, use uh, metal in a nonstick pan. Yeah. Why, they, why nonstick pans are very bad for uh, hamburgers, right? Yeah. And it was it was interesting. I'm like, I feel... Like, I, you know, I wasn't trying to, like, do, like, a fancy, like, you know, thing. Like, I wasn't trying to have, like, you know, I just was trying to explain to this person who asked me to explain it to them. And it's like, oh, I feel like I'm, like, teaching a class. I feel woefully unprepared for this. But the the burgers were delicious. Just a simple, you know, just hamburger patties, salt, pepper, a little Worcestershire sauce, um, mm-hmm. garlic, and or garlic powder, I should say. I didn't yeah. cut up any garlic cloves, but g- garlic powder. Well, and garlic powder definitely powder. has its place in the kitchen. I mean, garlic and garlic powder are two very different flavors. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, that was just simple hamburger patties, made them on the cast iron uh, griddle, the griddle top. They were delicious. And then my, my fries were oven baked. I was, I mm-hmm. had to. I made three pounds worth of potatoes into fries, and there were no leftovers last night. <laughs> so yeah, I don't really do handmade fries too often, or yeah. French fries, I should say. I, I do home fries often enough, but I'll one trick I've picked up for uh, home fries, yeah, fried potatoes is is actually parboil them in the microwave. So mm-hmm. you're starting off pretty much with cooked potatoes when they hit the pan. Yeah. Saves so much time. Yeah. So uh, speaking of Tom, uh, I think it's time to get to the game club. <laughs> Probably. Our recording timer is at 22 minutes. I'm well, not sure how much down, that'll get shaved off. Yeah, but... if we cut that down, we got uh, yeah, a good portion of a, of a Franken episode. Right. Start so building game that club. content back up. Yeah. Uh, G- explain game club, Rach. I'll let you do it. Uh, game club is a uh, Tom, that we intentionally play the same game at the same time. Uh, we typically have very different tastes and usually play games at very different times, but Game Club is a time that we get together and play the same game at the same time. Absolutely. And as mentioned at the start of the show, like 47 hours ago, um, we played Lake. Uh, but you have Lake- the wrong thing on the uh, topics list. I'm fixing that. What do I have on the topics list? You have uh, the month afterwards. Oh, oops. Good thing I caught that, huh? Yep. Um, but anyways, yes, we played Lake. Lake is 
a interesting, interesting a, a, and actually kind of hard to describe game. I think it's closest to like a walking simulator. I, I would um, put it kind of visual novel meets walking sim, yeah. Uh, where you are uh, a 40-something coming back to her hometown after 22 years to help her father deliver the mail. Uh, her yep. father's the mailman. They're going on a vacation to Florida. So you're covering for them while you're kind of having this stressful cri- uh, crisis at work. Yep. And honestly, it seems like you're kind of an outcast to me. Yeah. You're cut off from the group while they're having this, their big Labor Day party. All right. Yeah. While, while part of that is, you know, you're getting ready to uh, go on your flight from, I think it was New York. Uh, uh, to this little uh, backwoods town in Oregon. Uh, you know, it seems very, very much that you're, you know, not part of the group, you know? Yeah. Outside of uh, Stephen relying, honestly, a bit too much on you to go over everything. Yeah, right? I mean, yes. So the game is set in the 1980s, and I think it's uh, interesting. 1986. Like, yeah. I think it's interesting. You are playing as a female um, that is, you know, sort of non like you don't get to choose a character. You are playing this character and you get to make decisions for her. But you're playing a female in the tech sector in the 80s, which has a very specific connotation for anyone who is, you know, has studied sort of tech history. Women were very present in very big and important technical discoveries um advancements and companies in the 50s 60s 70s and 80s and do a lot of heavy lifting you know there have been some movies in recent years made about them like the group of ladies who uh did all the calculations for nasa i can't think of the name of the movie unfortunately oh, damn it right <laughs> yeah but i you know i think anyone listening who you know is, has a you know a cursory familiarity would be like oh yeah it's that movie you know sort of yelling it at us through the the ether um I think it's but hidden figures. That actually I think you're right. I think that's it. It's hidden figures. But um, you know, that that happened for many large discoveries. I mean, some of the you know, in video games, you Yeah, you know, it's hidden figures. I was just double checking myself because I didn't want to scream it out and be wrong on that one. Yeah. But you know, there are prominent female developers. Well, prominent and you know, looking back like, oh, oh, these, you know, these developers like played pivotal roles in these companies, you know, games and in tech and, you know, et cetera. And they've kind of been erased by history. And so you're playing what to me, and maybe this is me coloring it with my own, you know, understanding and interpretation of the era, but like you're playing one of those figures, like this lady who is, you know, a, a key part of developing this company's product. Um, and if I cannot remember what it was, some kind of software. It for... was a, it was a bookkeeping slash journal software. Yeah. And it's like, you're playing a key role in developing this software mm-hmm. and you get to choose. So this game is, you know, like you said, kind of a choose your own adventure thing. Mm-hmm. So you do get the option of, of what to do, what characters to interact with. Um, who to sort of, yeah, to a certain, to a certain extent, but, um, you know, and what kind of interactions you're going to have with them. And one of those things that your boss, Steven, um, keeps asking you on your vacation to do work to fix, you know, fix the product, go over his contracts and make sure everything's good. And you can choose to do that or not. Mm. And it's like, you're not in my head. I'm like, she's not going to get any recognition for this. Like he's working OT with her. 
like, you know, but nothing is really going to come of this. And maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but at least the way that I played it, like, she's definitely not going to get recognition, but we'll, yeah. we'll move on to that later. Um, the game, like you said, you go back to your hometown and sort of the story crux of the game is you meet up with your, your old best friend. There are a couple of potential love interests mm-hmm. and then two or three sort of larger story threads that play out over the course of this week, depending on how you choose to interact with it. And then, a <clears throat> excuse me, a few minor ones. Um, and how, how do you want to go about talking about this? Well, I, I think, well, should we give our general thoughts on this first? Because yes. I, I have some thoughts on this game. Do you want to go it, first then? Yeah. Uh, it feels like I'm, the, the beginning of the game is absolutely brilliant, in my, in my opinion. And, you know, getting into the game, uh, meeting some of the more eccentric characters. But it really feels like it's a game of two halves. Where towards the end of the first week, but definitely in the second week, you're there for two weeks. And there's a hard cutoff on the story. Uh, it feels like it kind of just falls off a cliff on interactions. It goes from meeting several people a day to, you know, really very little happening on a day-to-day basis outside of a couple major story beats. And that might just be because uh, one of the characters I just kind of ignored because I just didn't like him from the very beginning. Oh, lum- you didn't like Lumberjack Man? No. Interesting. Okay. So I, I went for Video uh, uh, Lady. Video, video rental lesbian lady? Uh-huh. I can't... Okay, so I played this, you know, disclaimer. I played this much earlier in the month because I knew I was going to be moving and setting up and I wasn't sure how much time I'd have coming up towards the end of the month. So I don't remember any of their names. I remember them in my head uh, as... Angie uh, and Robert. Okay. Or, uh, Angie is... Uh, uh, runs the uh, video the shop. Video rental store. Uh, who is way ahead of her time because... Mind you, this is 86, and I actually did a little bit of looking up on the numbers on VCRs, and going from 86 to 90, uh, there is a huge jump in VCR acceptance, and 86 is like the very beginning of this revolution, and she's just, like she said at one point, uh, just ahead of her time. Yeah. So, yeah, if she waited like a year or two, right? Uh, but yeah. she's uh, there from, I think it was San Francisco or Los Angeles, uh, you know, trying to find herself. Uh, and she settled down in this little town to try to reinvent herself. And then Robert, who is very off-putting in his first interaction with you, you know, just uh, talking about bullcrap from uh, a letter that you deliver him. And it's just, uh, it just seemed like, yeah, no. He's very and, awkward and traditionally masculine. Yeah, and he is very against the, the idea of putting in an apartment building on a back road saying that it'll ruin the beauty of the lake, which just seems odd. It, th- there's a few things on this game that it feels like they're trying to do something, but they didn't quite land. Like, if this apartment complex was going to be like lakeside, but it's not. It's off in the back in the woods. Right? Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, they uh, point out 
It's it's going to be on uh, this road uh, back here, and you know, it's way back in the back corner of this map. Uh, you're uh, on the day to day basis, which one thing I do like is that there's no timers. You're free to explore wherever, uh, and it's like this dirt road that you go down, and uh, you know you're about as far away from the lake as you possibly can be. And that are saying this this is where they're building it, and they're upset that. Yeah, and the apartment complex is going to be next door to Thumper, right? Yeah. It just feels like it falls flat on that one. I can imagine Uh, them clearing off the entire forest, though, as someone who, and I mean, you, you know. True. Uh, The the first domino, possibly, but right. Yeah. You know, we live in rural areas. I've seen my area, you know, get developed some over time, and it's like, oh, they're going to put a building over there, and it's like they clear, you know, four acres of land or whatever. Because it's just, you know, it's just land developments, and they'll turn it into more properties or whatever. Like, I could see that, but also it does feel a little weird. Mm-hmm. And like I said, uh, after that first weekend, it just feels like content drops off. Before that, whenever you deliver a package, it's like, you know, nine times out of ten, you're going to have some sort of character interaction. Uh, and the last couple days that I played, which I'm getting to that, I'm getting to that, uh... There was, like, maybe one interaction, and everybody else was just not home. And that's, like, the big touchstone moments uh, earlier on in the game. And then I hit a show-stopping bug that completely stopped my game. I could not continue on. Okay. I had to actually go look up the endings on YouTube because I hit infinite loading screens. Oh. I hit a show-stopping bug, so... Any positive I had for this game went out of the goddamn fucking window. Did you... So I had a loading bug, but I just reloaded a save. Just reloaded my save. I went through one interaction three times. Uh, The third time, it finally went through. Then I hit it again on the next cutscene. And I just gave up. Gotcha. I just... The characters are interesting, but they're not so interesting to go through the conversations multiple times. I could only hear so many times about the goddamn potato harvest. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was the area where that it bugged out for me. I had to restart it once, and that, but then it, it worked. No, it did it three times for me. On the third time, it did go through eventually. And then I got to the end of the day, and it started again. It gotcha. just No. Well, that sucks. Um... Before we we talk about the endings, I, I know that you know you said you watched them online. Yeah, so I have yeah, a few questions them. for you, but but before we get there, do you have any more thoughts? And then I can kind uh, of talk about my experience playing through the well, game. Well, even before I hit the show stopping bug, the game was kind of souring on me. Just where it felt like there was not enough going on with it, where it feels like they were kind of stretching it out, where it could have been like a week and a half or yeah. even a week. Uh, and have it make more sense. And also because I kind of just dropped a character, uh, all of a sudden this character's uh, latching back onto me, and it's like, why? I I gave you a letter and walked away. Why are you talking to me? And I know it's uh, trying to get certain story beats, but at the same time, it feels a little stalkerish, right? Yeah. It feels like they didn't account for some things that uh, should have been more obvious. 
you know? Yeah. And also there were some technical issues uh, or before the show stopping bug that felt a little weird. Like I had some shadows that felt like they were a little bit flickery. You know, like they're like they were set to like a very low setting and the game just couldn't figure out exactly what to do. And there were some level of detail things that would sometimes take, take me out of it. Yeah. Yeah. But also the cars sometimes would just, uh, yeah, there was this one section of the roadway where all the cars would just go, drive off, or partly off the road, <laughs> where the driving pathway was a little bit wonky. Yeah, the cars, the other drivers were a bit odd. I, you know, I think that you know they were just supposed to be set dressing. They did yeah. not have very good driver AI, and that's fine. That didn't I, really I mean, me I mean, much. it was rudimentary at best. Where. You know, if your car was anywhere close to their set path, they would just kind of sit there forever. Yeah. I would love to see uh, this type of game more fleshed out. Yeah, or, you know, encounter the characters some more. Because, you know, you have two interactions with Crazy Cat Lady. And then, you know, you never see her again. So there are are actually more than two interactions with Crazy Cat Lady. Uh, uh, There is one at the end that because your game crashed... You didn't get okay, but there there are more than two, and I, I'm not sure. I think because you didn't okay, so you didn't like sexy lumberjack man, no. and some of those stories are intertwined with each other because you mm. know vi- video rental lady uh, video yeah. or video rental lesbian has you do like a little thing for her where she uh-huh. takes where you take the like VCR around and, yeah yeah and show it to people so that gives you a couple extra interactions. Well, sexy lumberjack man has got some of those as well. Ah. And one of them's with crazy, crazy cat lady. Yeah, one of them involves the cat lady. It involves the farmer guy, mm-hmm. um, where you go up and you do like a, a radio spot with him to try to. Yeah, yeah, I got. Uh, I did get the radio spot with him, uh, which just felt really weird and desperate. Yeah, I, I think that some of that might because. It did. It was a little bit odd, but then, like, you could spend some time helping Sexy Lumberjack Man do a better radio ad. I don't know if if you got that as well, because if you weren't spending time with him, like, I, I, got, I don't know if that I changed got the options. option to suggest something in the radio booth, but that was it. So I was I was doing every interaction with everybody that I possibly could, mm-hmm. and I could I had multiple suggestions that I could give. And I got to take multiple attempts to re-record the thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I don't know how much of that is, like, just my choices versus, like, what the game gives or takes away based on the choices that you make. I'm I, not sure about I, I that. I think I had three options, but honestly, I really didn't care. Yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, and also, uh, did you do the photos for the grocery store? Yes, I did. Although I didn't quite understand it first. Because she was like, you got to take all the photos, but then you don't turn them in the same day. You have to turn them in later. But yeah. she made it seem like you had to take the photos all in one day. Yeah, well, did you turn them in? I did turn them in, yeah. Did, did you get your photos back? Uh, yes, yes, I they did. They were all black, weren't they? Yes, they were. And, and, and the story continues on no matter what. It, it should, it, honestly, it would have been funnier if you know, she screwed them up and uh, just admitted it, but... That supposedly is a bug that they were going to fix, but just never did. I uh, yeah okay. I thought that was the joke was that like she couldn't figure no. out how to use the thing and she ruined your photos. No. Oh. 
No, that's a bug. Oh, well. That they should have played off as a joke. Yeah. Because she's like a very typical, like, you know, I need 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 to learn no technology kind of like yeah. Southern lady. And mm-hmm. it, I'm like, it makes sense. It's like, oh, you ruined the photos because you didn't know what you were doing. Ha ha. But no, that's not a joke. That's a, bu- a game bug. Yeah. So my my general experience with the game it lines up with yours. I, um, although I did like Sexy Lumberjack Man, I, I liked the juxtaposition that it that it gives you um, at, for what to choose. Because essentially you get three overall options of what to do. Um, you can choose yourself through a couple of options. You can choose Sexy Lumberjack Man, or you can choose uh, VCR Lesbian Lady. And you keep saying like uh, Vishar uh, lesbian lady is the bad choice. She's so cute. She is extremely cute. I wanted what I wanted was to settle down in the small town with VCR lesbian lady. She was my number one pick. But fortunately, right? But that's not what she wants. And I like that. I like that. It's like no, in two weeks, like you can't make her want to stay in the small town. Because her story is that, like, she's tried out this video rental store. It's not working. She feels weird in a small town. And so she's going to she's gonna leave. She's going to go back to the city, or maybe she's going to travel around. And you, there's another character. Um, they're a, a couple. I'm not sure if they're husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend. But, like, they're stoners who've got this RV. Yeah. And they, if you if you interact with them and are cool to them, they give you the RV when they skip town. And then you can choose to keep the RV to drive around yourself um, to go explore the country or take it with VCR lesbian lady and you guys go be a couple roaming around the country or you can just choose to give it to her. And I gave her the RV at the end of the game. I gave her the RV because, you know, it it was like I, I was like, I like you a lot. I want to be with you, but what I want to be is not roaming the country. So you take this. Like, I can give this to you. So I thought that was really cool. Um, so she was my primary pick, and then my secondary pick was Sexy Lumberjack Man with his awkward masculinity. Yeah, see, yeah, my uh, Lumberjack Man uh, was, like, tied for that and going back to the city and being miserable. Because, honestly, I, I just don't see her being very happy with him. <laughs> Unless he yeah, warms up later on, but you know, even the ending with him that I saw, he was still extremely awkward and weird. He and, does, honestly, and honestly, he, fucking creepy. He does the over-the-top, like, you know, romantic, quote-unquote, gesture, mm-hmm. where he, like, dry, like, chases you down in your mail van, and he's in his truck, and he's like... Yeah, I'm, I'm hardcore paraphrasing, but he's like, I've decided that I love you and I want to be with you. If you want to be with me, let's go to the diner and go on a date. And I, I got in the truck and went on a date with him. Spoilers, I chose to stay in the town. Um, I helped the company. Like, I did all of this stuff for my boss. And he's like, oh, you, you know, you saved us. You're going to be rich. Like, you're going to get certain percentage of all the sales. And then I was like, great, I'm going to stay in the town. So I'll take my shares and stay in the town. Mm-hmm. And then, and I, I was, I was kind of sad. I, I thought that maybe I had messed something up so that I couldn't be with sexy lumberjack man. But honestly, that's okay. I was happy to be in the town. But um, then he like, you know, chases you down and does the romantic thing. And I'm like, all right, I don't know how I feel about this, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot anyways. 
Because at the end of the day, like if it fails, like I, you know, you you get your parents' house, you stay in the town because they're staying, they're moving to Florida. Um, let's keep the job at the post office. But I got way sidetracked. I feel the same way that you feel about the game overall in terms of like it's got a really strong start. It really peters out in the middle, even doing all of the extra stuff by like the the end of the second week, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday of the second week. Or just like there's no more interactions. You're just like waiting for the the final day to go to like the big party and have like sort of the big like ending scenes and choices play out. Um, and so it feels like it, there should have been like some way to skip those days because like if you've got no content, the actual mechanics of the game, which is driving the truck around it's and nice delivering and all, mail, but it, yeah. It, it's yeah. boring by that point. Yeah. It's nice in the beginning, and especially as a way to sort of fuel these interactions. Like, you know, video games need to contrive a way for you in it to interact with people. Well, what better, ba- better way to do that than to deliver them mail and take them packages and have them be home and have interactions with them because, they, you know, they're excited to get their mail or whatever. Or hell, even just have people comment whenever you're walking by. Yeah. Because there's, uh, especially when you're in the main area of the town, there's people that walk by that you, yeah never interact with at all they don't even say hi yeah but you know that as a a vehicle for contrived meetings works pretty well but by the end you know when there aren't these interactions when there aren't these little story moments then it's kind of kind of boring and maybe there are some things that you can discover like there's a guy with a metal detector walking around and you can find him talk to him there's the writer so at the end of every day you can choose what to do. And if you've scheduled something on your calendar to meet with somebody, then that happens. Or if there's nothing going on that day, then you go home and you're like, you can watch TV or you can read a book. So I, I chose to read the the book, like the, uh-huh. you know, the little romance novel. Um, yeah. And that writer is in one of the cabins um, writing stuff because they use his voice to narrate the book. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that you deliver him is like new um new reels for his typewriter and you have like a whole comedy bit with him and you can choose you know you can choose yeah, see, I some... never got that one uh but I only read like two chapters of the book Yeah uh, I do know I uh delivered a totally not chainsaw uh, uh shaped package to one of the random uh cabins Yeah yep I did that yep um which I'm not 100% sure what that's a reference to. I was thinking Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but there could have been somebody in the town that did something that I missed. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought that was funny. But, you know, the game has these little interactions and these cute little things that you can discover. But like like I said, but those last few days, like, I I think I had done everything, at least that was available to me on my playthrough. So it really peters out towards the end, which sucks, because I thought that the story was strong throughout. The gameplay is is good enough to to you know, like I said, give you those sort of contrived moments of interaction with people, and you know, interesting enough storytelling mechanic that that it worked, um, and and I appreciated that. But you know, there's only so much scenery that you can appreciate, and so many things to explore on this map that is relatively static. I mean, it rains some days. Yeah, but- I did like uh, uh, the first time you go somewhere. Uh, Meredith will comment about her history with it. Oh, yeah. But I kind of wish they did that a bit more. Yeah, that was nice. Um, 
but so yeah, my uh, my ultimate sort of decisions, like I said, was I I chose to stay in the town after completing all the work for Steve to get my twenty percent share or stake in the company or whatever it was. Um, I I dated both people, uh, but because VCR lesbian lady wanted to leave, and you know, two weeks with her was not enough to make her change her entire life, which again I appreciate. Um, I gave her the RV and stayed with Sexy Lumberjack Man. Um, I made up with my best friend, uh, you know, quirky best friend girl, which is how I think of her. Um, yeah, which, uh, that's pretty much static. You can't change that, as far as I could tell. Yeah, same. You know, the only thing you can kind of change is how you relate to her, because if you're still kind of standoffish, then, you know, she's weird. And I think you can be really combative, too. But I, I was nice and, and rekindled, you know, the relationship there. Um, and then I made friends with the mechanic girl. Um, yeah, and watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street with her. Yep. Which I'm assuming that you have another interaction with her uh, later on with the RV. Uh, do you have one with the uh, uh, lumberjack douche? Uh, what kind? Yes, 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 yes. So you go on a date with him to the diner after you do the radio spot and like it plays, you can choose to go on a date with him to the diner mm-hmm. and you can be, you know, flirty and, and stuff. And, um, he gets a little weird out, weirded out and you find out some stuff about his history and how that he was married before. And so he's like a little bit weird in relationships. And he was like, I promised myself I was never going to fall in love again, but damn it. I fell in love with you. That that whole vibe, yeah. Like very, you know, it's a very traditional masculine story and presentation, but it kind of makes sense because that falls into the rom com vibe. Like, think of how many you know sort of rom coms or you know quote unquote chick flicks or you know stories like that. That's like the you know frumpy business lady goes to a small town and meets a rugged, good looking man, and you know he he warms his heart. Yeah, to yeah her. I think Lifetime. Uh, uh, Cable channels. I made an entire. Well, I think that's their entire thing. Actually, now that I think about it, pretty much. But um, uh, and let's uh, uh, wait. Sometimes they do include Christmas because yeah, December, right? Yep. And then your your dad's friend, so your coworker who was doing uh, sports betting with the post office. I uh, I protected him. I kept his secret and played dumb with the investigator that came. So he got to keep his job. Yeah, I went a little ambiguous on that and just would uh, leave it up to the investigator on that one. But I never got to see just how, uh, yeah, how that one went out because, right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what happened. I mean, you know, like I since I protected him and played dumb and like helped him out by delivering all the letters and everything um, and giving him like betting advice, you know, I became friends with him. And he was, you know, a pretty cool guy, uh, you know, aside from his gambling addiction. But, you know, he was a cool guy. Otherwise, enabler. Yeah, that's, yep, you're right. I'm an enabler. Um, but he, he was cool. He had a good storyline. I liked him. So, yeah, overall, I really enjoyed the game. I liked the amount of choices that you got. And, and you know, we're obviously leaving a lot of stuff out. We're hitting the high points. There are a lot of story interactions with people. We didn't even talk about the, you know, the fisherman guy um, yeah. who gives off a very, like, sort of Jaws, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I actually kind of liked him. I liked him, too. 
Uh, but I think he's also a character that, you know, it's a good thing that you only interact with him a couple times. Yeah. He didn't seem like he had a super deep storyline. He was an honestly, interesting character. Honestly, all the characters didn't feel super deep. They felt very superficial. And I think that might just be because they all needed, like, one more interaction at least. Yeah. Uh, I think the best friend, actually, is the one that you meet with the most uh, out of the entire thing because you uh, meet her once uh, delivering a package and then a couple times at the diner without, yeah, uh, you know, lumber dude uh, uh, storyline. And, you know, kind of reconnect with her and, you know, uh, see her enthusiasm for music and maybe push her into computers. Yeah. Uh, depending on some choices. I didn't push her into computers. I did encourage her to get get back into doing her music. I'm not sure if that's something that you can skip well, is her doing that, but I was encouraging to her. Well, there was a option to uh, say, well, uh, maybe you'd like programming if you uh, like sampling that much, and yeah, you know, going into computerized stuff. Yeah, I don't think I picked that option actually. I, I don't know how much replayability there is here, though. Yeah, like, there, I, I feel like it's a, a lot. <laughs> yeah, if if you really ch- wanted to do multiple playthroughs, I would suggest focus only on one romantic story per playthrough, and then try some different choices for the other other things, and just see what happens. It, it took me about seven hours to play through it, and I enjoyed it, but I don't think that there, you know. Play through it once and then look up stuff on YouTube or, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe on a wiki to figure out what happens with the other options. Yeah, there's uh, th- well, uh, there's four main endings. There's going back to the city as well. Yeah. Which uh, is pretty much the shortest ending. Uh, stay with the lumberjack. Uh, uh, stay in town. Or uh, go, uh, you know, be Thelma to Angie's Louise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which ending do you think you were going to go with if the game uh, hadn't died on you? I was, uh, pr- well, going back to the city was definitely out. Just seeing how uh, she interacted with Steve and uh, pretty much her, yeah, the very beginning of the game made it very clear that she hated her job or or had disdain for her job situation. Yeah. Uh, so, and obviously Lumberjack wasn't going to happen, so it was either uh, stay in town or go with Angie as the two choices. And I'm not sure about, you know, the road trip situation, because, you know, that is very quick to go on to something that life-changing, right? Yeah. That's hardcore midlife crisis poor choices, impulsivity kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I was I was thinking, like, you know, me with my mental health brain, I was thinking that uh, VCR lesbian lady had uh, bipolar disorder with how sort of impulsive that she was. Especially that one time that you meet her and uh, she's pretty much catatonic. Yeah, and is very, you know, she's catatonic and she's kind of... Uh, Aggressive is too strong a word, but she's very curt and like, no, no. It's like, uh, what, do, what do you mean? Like, I did exactly I mean, that's, what you I mean, wanted. That's, I mean, that's the ter- uh, term that they use themselves. It just is out of nowhere. And then they, you know, just drop it and never pick it back up. Or at least in my, uh, my story. It never, yeah, no, it never comes up again. I mean, like, she mentions it to you, like, 
hey, I, you know, she's like, I had a lot on my mind. I'm sorry I was that way yesterday. And then that's it. Like, it, it never comes back up again. Yeah, which is just odd. Yeah. But, I mean, that's okay. Sometimes people are weird and abrupt like that, too, in terms of, like, they don't want to talk about it. And so they, mm-hmm. they just don't. I get that. But, yeah, it, I mean, overall, I think it's a good, you know, one playthrough, one, you know, solid one playthrough game. Although, you know, if you get a game-breaking bug, I could see how that would completely ruin yeah. the experience. Um, but I, I liked it. I really liked it. And mm. it was perfect for this month for me with, like, you know, got it done in a weekend, you know, seven hours, nice little time, and then didn't have to think about it anymore. Yeah, I think I was looking at six and some change. Yeah. But, I, you know... I was also minus the storyline, but I did go, you know, explore some of the maps, so uh, hit some of the kind of highlights as well. Yeah. But, and honestly, the world felt like a little bit like a theme park as well, where you'd go down one road and there would always be this one rabbit, (laughs) right? Yeah. There was a couple other animals you could see, too. I mean, you could interact with them, but... I kept looking for Bigfoot because a lot of times games like this will put a Bigfoot or Yeti or whatever in, Mm -hmm. but uh, I did not see one and I didn't look up to see if there actually was one somewhere. I mean, I'm not sure if there would be, but yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, up until the point that I had, yeah. Yeah. The show stopping bug. It wasn't terrible, but it just felt like more out. It's welcome. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, Also, the lack of variety in the music, right? Yeah. I can only hear about Way Down South so many damn times. I like the soundtrack, but... I like the soundtrack, but it was too repetitive. And they even pointed out that, yo, I know I need to get more songs. Yeah, yes. I was going to say, yes, you can you make do. a joke about it. I, I, I like when games are self-aware, but being self-aware does not, uh, you know, undo the fact that your game still has these flaws. Yeah. So, Yeah. So, well, from one driving game to another? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, then that means I put... Okay, yeah, that's right. That's the one you start up with the wrong month. Yeah, from one driving game, game to another. So, for the April Game Club, we are going to be playing Euro Truck Simulator. Yeah, with uh, what DLC we have. Yes. I'm actually going to look and see... Yeah. Um, I don't have all the right DLC. Now. I don't either. Okay. Um, uh, modded or unmodded playthrough? Or... Uh, I'm probably going to go light mods. Okay. Let's see. I have uh, Road to Black Sea, Beyond Baltic Sea, Italia, Viva La France, Scandinavia going east, Special Transport, Heavy Cargo, High Powered Cargo, uh, one of the trailer packs, the wheel tuning pack, and the cabinet accessories. Um. Let's see, which ones do I have? Where's the easiest way to see what DLC? Just, oh, never mind, here we go. DLC. I just went to the store page, and there's oh, a shit. lot of DLC, obviously. <laughs> Let's see, the DLCs I have... I think I'm missing one... Viva La France, Italia... I'm missing one uh, map pack. Scandinavia, Going East, Special Transport, Power Cargo, Heavy Cargo. I've got some of the other stuff, some of the cosmetic stuff. i got some mm. of those, but I, I, I didn't read those. Yeah, I don't have uh, Iberia, which means I can't do uh, uh, pro mods anyway, because they keep it where 
you pretty much have to stay uh, current. Yeah. So I think I'm missing only one map pack which, until Heart of Russia comes in. Mm. Russia. Yeah, I've uh, got the, I, I, I've got some of the smaller ones, then I've got the Essentials Bundle, which is uh, Going East, Scandinavia, High Power, Cargo, Cabin Accessories, and Wheel Tuning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which the Cabin Accessories is kind of nice for some of the trucks. I guess I need to install it. I have it installed on my laptop. Mm-hmm. I'll do that later, though. I'm not going to install it now. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't played any, either of the truck simulators in two or three mm. years, so it'll be good to like yeah, for me. They're very relaxing and good podcasty games. Yeah. I've never thought about them from a mechanics standpoint, so we're gonna or yo know, just you know how the games handle different regions as well. Yeah, like uh, I think Scandinavia was tied to dual trailers for the longest time. Or I could be mistaken on that one. I know there was, like, one region that you could only have dual trailers in for quite a while. Right. Well, we will we will find out all about that this this coming month. Very excited. Doing some trucking for my birthday, because my birthday's in April. Woo. Woo! I do have uh, realistic, or real traffic density uh, enabled. I will figure out the mod situation, right? Yeah, I'm probably going to play pretty close to vanilla. Um... So whenever you figure out your mods, if you give me a list, I'll take a look at them and see. Just because it's been so long since I've played. Uh Now, if I play it enough, I might play some modded and some Mm unmodded and be able to compare those as well. But, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see how how it goes and how much time we get this You do realize that we're going to have to try Convoy at some point. (laughs) Can you... Can you... Does multiplayer work without mods? Uh, Yeah. I did not know that. Then, yeah, we'll have to do that at some point. I'm just going to start a completely new game, too, because it's been so long since I've played. I've kept, like, my save data. Mm-hmm. But, you know, having your own trucking company kind of changes the complete vibe or changes the vibe of the game. So I want to start yeah, I get, scratch. Yeah, I get to the point where, yeah, it's pretty much just you could sit and have infinite money, essentially. Mm-hmm. But, okay. So, ready to do the news? Uh, I think so. Our first news topic of the night, PlayStation Spartacus revealed as a PlayStation Plus overhaul. Turns also, out Sony uh, yells, I am Spartacus. Apparently. Uh, also, t- s- turns out Sony wants some of that sweet, sweet Game Pass money. Pretty well, much. It's not a total copy of Xbox Game Pass, but it's very clearly inspired by and ripping off Xbox Game Pass. And I'm okay with that. You and I have have both been like, Game Pass is amazing. It's a great value. There's going to have to be some more competition in the market. Otherwise, eventually, Microsoft is going to hike up the price because, of course, they would. And this seems like a good shot at at competition. Uh, Let me get to the news article so I can look at the specifics um, of the library. But... um, Let's see. So they've they've created this three tier service, um, similar to how Game Pass is tiered. Well, um, I would say kind of uh, the Nintendo model as well, because uh, the higher tiers enable access to an older catalog, which we don't know what's in that yet. No, um, the the. But it's also a lot bigger than what Nintendo offers. Yes. So, um, 
it's got three three tiers. Sort of the basic tier is equivalent to what PlayStation Plus is right now. Access to you know all of their um, you know paid online services as well as the free games they give out every month or access to the games. Um, and then the two up tiers include that um, as well as additional things. So the essential tier. Uh, okay, so the essential tier is the one that's equivalent to PlayStation Plus right now. Yeah. And then... I don't know what's going on with Firefox, but it really doesn't like their site right now. Right. Um, so the extra t- Okay, so the next tier is called the extra tier, um, which has a back catalog of, quote, up to... I'm just going to say 400. It's up to 400. Mm-hmm. But 400 PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 titles, which they've said will be a mix of first and third party titles. You can um, download the games. You don't have ownership of them. It seems like as soon as you get rid of the tier, you'll lose access to those games. But you, you can download them in much the same way that you do for other PlayStation titles. Um, that you buy online or have access to. And then there's the previous, or sorry, there's the premium tier, which provides those, you know, that those two benefits. So the, you know, basic, mm-hmm. you know, equivalent PlayStation plus service, as well as the back catalog. And then you get the cloud access to the cloud streaming catalog for PlayStation now, which has most of PlayStation's library. Um, there's time limited demos on like brand spanking new games. And then, you know, cloud streaming for everything else on the rest of the library seems like it's included with that service, mm-hmm. which cloud streaming, you can you can stream, um, you know, to your devices. I think that it allows you to stream to your PC as long as you also have a PlayStation. You can't just straight up like buy this service without a PlayStation. You do have to have a PlayStation, but the cloud streaming service can be streamed to other devices like sony's tv or sony tvs um playstation 4s and 5s and then if you have a pc with a playstation there's like an app or something you can get and you sign in and then you can stream games to your pc that way so um it it's not a direct support of playstation games on pc um but it's pretty close and that's the biggest thing that keeps it from being a true i think competitor to game pass in a strictly console sense like it is a solid competitor for for game pass but with xbox you know wanting to or microsoft wanting to control as much as possible the the pc gaming space they've just made all of their titles you know straight up available on pc whether or not you've got an xbox or not so it lacks that direct pc support but otherwise solid swing out of the gate well uh sony has been doing a big push of uh porting their games to pc so it'll be interesting to see if these higher tiers eventually start tying those pc ports back into this game pass situation yeah because that's the other thing is that they've been pushing a a pc uh, initiative for a fair amount of time now yeah they have been adding uh, and there's been uh, uh gathering steam as well so over yeah. on steam they've been hey they have been adding older um first party titles to pc 
um, you know, the the God of War reboot and um, Horizon Zero Dawn are the two that like spring to my mind. But there are others that they've been adding from the their catalog. Uh, Dad of War. Yes, Dad of War. All right. <laughs> yeah, which I'm very or, or, excited or, or, to say. Or, 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 or sorry, I did that wrong. It's Dad of Boy. Right. Boy of Dad. Boy. No, 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 no that's the sequel. Right. What, where you're playing the boy. <laughs> you, you got me on that one. But yeah, it's it seems like, you know, at, at this moment, you know, with no access to it, with no sort of direct experience, it's hard to say, you know, much more other than, like, I think that this is a good swing out the gate. We'll see how well the service works. Um, in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure we'll find out. Because it launches today, right? Day of recording? Uh, uh, it, no, it launches in June. The new t- uh, oh, it launches in come June. In. Uh, the rebranding uh, launched. Uh, the uh, the but, other new top. The other news yeah. topic is the one that launched today. Then okay, yeah. yeah, which we'll get to that. But they also said that the upper tiers. And now I'm, I had to find it again because I ro- scroll back up to double check myself. Uh, uh, the at launch the new higher tiers will include Returnal, Marvel Spider Man, uh, Miles Morales, and Mortal Kombat Eleven, to name a few. So yeah, not. Yeah, little titles either, right? Right. I mean, I mean, the Spider-Man was a system seller for quite a while. Yeah, Spider-Man. So it'll, it'll be interesting. I think what really come, this comes down to is the library, but also, well, just what of these are streaming only and what of them are download, right? Yeah. And it says that there's a mix for both of them, for both of the higher tiers. So if you know, the streaming library isn't that strong, or if you're in a bad uh, uh, spot for it, oh boy, right? Yeah, but that is kind of always the problem you run into when you're relying strictly on game streaming. Yeah, When it works, it's great, but lots of times it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when I tried Luna and tried uh, Devil May Cry, oh boy. I never actually talked about that on the show. Let's put it this way: locked at thirty FPS. If I could, if my if I wasn't mistaken, with some horrendous input lag. Yeah, I just don't see how anybody would be able to play that. Uh, that was the one of the free games for uh, March uh, with uh, Amazon Prime. So, ooh, maybe yeah. eventually it'll be worthwhile, but not right now. Right. All right. Um, well, speaking of that other news topic that launches today that I got mixed up in my head, uh, GTA Online subscription, GTA Plus, announced for consoles. Ooh. Boo. Oh, so Rockstar is really trying to milk uh, GTA Online, huh? Yep. That's honestly, not changed. And honestly, this just seems like a terrible deal. It's not that expensive, but it doesn't offer that much either. It's where was that on here? Uh, Five ninety nine a month, and yeah. you get essentially an allowance of half a million uh, 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 GTA bucks, which is not a lot because no. you're uh, some of the new stuff that they add is several million at least each per car. Uh. Um, if you uh, bought into one of the of the things in the game, 
Uh, you get a refund for that because uh, it's free to members. Uh, and Auto Shop uh, has a, a assortment of gameplay updates uh, that you get also access to for no cost. Uh, it waives uh, car meet uh, fees, so that's um, a, a, a very, very cheap buy-in for racing. Upgrade your yacht, right? <laughs> Which, once again, extremely expensive, so who's this for, right? Yeah, aren't the yachts like 20-something million or 200-something million in game? No idea. It's a lot. Uh, some random cosmetics. Um, uh, some liver, uh, Some paint jobs for three cars when there's you know hundreds in the game. Oh, and the best thing that's not even in the patch notes. Uh if you're a GTA Plus member, you get a new set of exclusive uh shark cards that you can buy. <laughs> because right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. What are the how much are the shark are the shark cards again? I know there are a lot. Oh. I'm going to have to go look because uh the, the shark <sighs> I'm heading over to Steam. Hang on. Shark cards. Um, a so, lot. So, uh, so um, uh, a red shark, uh, the cheapest one, two ninety nine, which is a hundred thousand dollars, or l- let's just say that a hundred thousand GTA bucks, because, right? Yeah. Um, the closest that you get to this uh, is the tiger shark. Which is four ninety nine for two hundred thousand GTA bucks, and this is you get five hundred thousand GTA bucks. Yeah, so, a month so, plus. It's the, so it's the equivalent of the bull shark, which is five hundred thousand GTA bucks. Yeah, that's that's actually funny because bull shark bullshit. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit of a stretch, but mm-hmm. I think it's funny. Yeah, it's about the only thing funny here, right? Yeah, I mean. My my feelings about GTA Five are well known on this show. Mm-hmm. To you know, to reiterate because it's been a while, and maybe for any new listeners, I like the single player for Grand Theft Auto Five. I think it's fine, interesting story, interesting gameplay. I mean, it's a shame Grand that Theft they Auto. never fleshed it out because it's a sa- shame that they never really did anything. Like, I mean, it's got a a story, but it would be great to have some good. DLC, you know, story expansions like you know from from four with like Out the Battle of, the of Gay, Gay Tony, Tony. yeah, and, you know, Lost and in the Damned, Lost in the Damned, yep. But they never did that because GTA Online and GTA Online is still a piece of shit all these years later with ridiculously long loading times. Well, they did horrible uh, latency have and that lag. One person that fixed it for them, right? Yeah, uh, one uh, a rando fixed it, and they like didn't they ban him or something? They banned them at first because it triggered an anti-scripting thing. Yeah, but yeah. Let's just G- put it this way. I'm looking at the GTA shop uh, page, and most of their screenshots is featuring GTA Online, it looks like. That should tell you something, huh? Yeah. I just... Um, a matter of fact, don't they sell a GTA Online-only version? I'm not sure. Um... See, so you can get the premium edition. Oh, this is just such a mess, huh? <laughs> which is GTA 5 and the Criminal Enterprise Starter Pack. I'm sure that's an online thing. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto Online. Fucking shit. Garbage. And that launched today, March 29th. I hate it. it makes me sad. Yeah, from everything that I heard, uh, 
They supposedly had some single player DLC content planned out with some storylines that would have made yeah that they could have tied into to the single player. And then GTA Online just started printing money like crazy. Yeah. Makes me sad. Eventually, they will actually make and or release a GTA 6. Like, eventually. Well, well, there, well, there's rumors floating around that they're going to announce GTA 6 within the next year. Uh, with uh, some rumors saying that it's going to be a multi-generational thing. Like, there's going to be one storyline and one time frame and then another one in, like, a couple decades later. And I'm just... My big concern is just where are they going to do to GTA Online in this? Because, right? Yeah. If you know that they're going to be figuring out what went wrong and what went right with GTA Online, and they're going to monetize the ever-living fuck out of it, even more so. Yep. Which sucks, because I really like Grand Theft Auto. You know, 3, Vice City, 4... All the stuff that goes along with 4, all the DLC. And 5, all excellent games. Certainly they have problems. Certainly they were products of the area eras in which they were created. But overall, they were very good games that I think pushed gaming forward. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and now it's just a big steaming pile of bullshit. I mean, my favorite was uh, San Andreas, just with how much they had in it. Yeah. And have kind of a rag-to-riches story to go on uh, along with it. Yeah. It's just uh, such a shame how you know, the mighty had fallen, and how even uh, yeah, Saints Row is no longer a thing because yeah, that's got rebooted. And honestly, to me, it just has no appeal to it. The reboot, it just looks yeah, yeah. Fair enough. All right, you ready to go to our final topic of the night? Yeah. Okay, our final news topic of the night, uh, community corner topic submitted by I believe Jim. Uh, Gran Turismo 7 now has Sony's lowest user score ever on Metacritic. Oh um, boy, right? <laughs> yeah, so we got this uh, article last week, so there have been some, I guess you could say, updates to this story, but let's let's kind of start at the beginning and we'll work our way forward. So, Gran Turismo 7, which is, in case someone, anyone doesn't know, is sort of the premier racing sim for PlayStation. Um, it goes way back... Well, not anymore. (laughs) Right. It goes way back to the original PlayStation. It's got a pedigree for being a very solid console racing game with a good focus on being as realistic as possible. Um, And the new one suffers what I call the Forza, or what I have called the the Forza uh, bastardized problem. Monetization bastardization. It's basically taking what Forza Horizon does. And only monetized everything about it, right? Yeah. So, single-player racing sim. It it has online components, but it's not a Forza Horizon. Think, you know, Forza Motorsports. And they monetize the ever-living fuck out of it. Um, With, like, the comparisons I've seen made are, you know, just for example, there's a Koenigsegg in it that you can, um, to buy... The uh, DLC that has that for Forza Horizon 5 is like $4.99, and it's part of a car pack, so it's not even really $4.99 for this car. And then to buy the car itself in Gran Turismo 7, like this one car is like 50 bucks, Which is just insane. 
Yeah. Like, microtransactions are bad, but this is, you know... This is macro. This is, yeah. So, that, as well as the game, is is severe, is extremely buggy, and went offline for a day or two, because, of course, it's a game that requires Sony to, you know, always be online. Of course it does, because remember, we're, uh, you know, talking about massive uh, amounts of microtransaction. You can't have it be offline, because then... Yeah, people can cheat their, uh, or sorry, uh, enhance their experience through uh, non-compliance uh, with the uh, currency exchange. Yep, and the everything, all of the standard car prices were were too high. They'd been bumped up to, of course, nudge you into microtransaction purchases. Um, there, it has issues with its accessibility options as well as like weird eccentricities about its difficulty. Um, it's not good, and it got a Metacritic score of 2.5. I don't know what it actually is now, but and generally speaking, I don't think Metacritic is useful at all except as a very broad spectrum barometer for how the public is receiving something kind well, of like how rotten tomatoes that, it's, it's not even uh that because remember uh at least according to jim uh stephanie sterling the economy was turned off until after the reviews came out right and yep. you had another uh you know sh- uh slimy thing now you can't even have uh reviews talk about the microtransaction side of things, because it wasn't in the review code. Right. So you have, uh, you know, these long, long grinds for whatever reason that seems really strange. Then they flip a switch and you can just buy the uh, car for 40 bucks instead of spending who knows how many hours. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's terrible. And this is, it's interesting to see because Forza Way back in 2013 or 2014 with Forza Motorsport 5, did this exact same thing and got raked over the coals for it. And for Forza Motorsport 5, they changed and removed a bunch of the stuff. It crept its way back in over the next couple of iterations, but, you know, we've already been down this road. And they're doing the exact same thing. Like, literally the exact same thing that Forza Motorsport 5 did with pushing people into microtransactions, um, jacking up the in-game credit price for vehicles so high that it was actively trying to push people towards microtransactions to buy them, um, and then having, like, this shitty, like, car service thing where you could get, like, bonus XP and money, and, and the you know, the backlash to it was enormous. And so Microsoft and, and Turn 10, you know, backed off of it and... You know, everything old is new again. Uh, right. Yep. Gets old. It gets real old. Hey, but hey, uh, all players will be getting a million credits uh, for compensation because they tuned... Well, here's the thing is that I don't trust them saying that they tuned it too high. Uh, this is uh, the other article uh, uh, talking about their roadmap that includes better rewards and more. Because... I'm of the opinion that uh, a few of the more vocal pundits that are kind of on our side still, where they they don't overtune these. They know exactly that this is like three steps too far. 
But if they take one step back, they're still two steps too far. But it looks like uh, it's better. So, you know, it's progress. So they get rave uh, reviews for doing something that they broke in the first place. That's the other thing, you know? This is yes. broken by design. Yep. It's another one of those examples of, like, pushing it too far mm-hmm. on on purpose. And, like, if you get away with it, great. But if you don't, you know, the likelihood of, of pushback on it is pretty high. So then you can push it back to something that is worse than it was, but not as bad as the change actually is. And be like, see, we we listened. We made changes. We fixed it. I mean, it's sort of like, uh, well, EA having it where you have to grind 50 hours for Darth Vader, but then they change it so it's only 30. And, well, yo, that's almost half his time, the amount of time. So, yo, why aren't you happy, right? Yeah. But don't worry, he'll be part of the battle pass. So, you know, you can buy into that. Right? Absolutely. Buy into the battle pass for Gran Turismo 7 and get that, uh, you know, choose from one of four classic sports cars. That are severely overpowered uh, compared to all the other cars. So if you want a competitive uh, edge or even be competitive at all because other people are going to bomb, better hurry up, right? Oh, and by the way, uh, the battle pass is a limited time thing. And if you don't buy it now, you're not going to get those cars. So, hey, that's your favorite car right there? Well, oh boy, you're about to miss out, aren't you? Better buy, better hurry. Yeah, better buy that. Do do you really need both those kidneys? Hey, you can sell a little bit of liver, right? Consume, Uh, motherfucker. When was the last time you sold plasma anyway? (laughs) Yeah, good point. And and I know, we sound incredibly cynical, because we are. We are. But... but (laughs) But we've also seen, you know, how this has gone time and time and time again. And it's just, I, I shouldn't even say it's disappointing. It's almost expected at this point, isn't it? Yep, more or less. It's, it's a pleasant surprise whenever I see an article talking about how there's not going to be microtransactions in a upcoming game. I think the latest one I saw was the upcoming Hogwarts uh, RPG thing. But it shouldn't be a headline in the first place. You know? Yeah, I agree. Preach to the uh, choir on this one, brother. The, the fact that we're looking at uh, games getting praised for you know, not gouging us is ridiculous. Getting praised for doing the absolute bare minimum? Uh, it's more you know, getting praised for you know, not screwing us over when we should be uh, pitchforks and torches uh, to EA, to, you know, uh, to Sony. And I guess yeah. I know I keep throwing EA out there because that's kind of the most egregious one as of late, right? Yep, they're one of, if not the mm-hmm. worst. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's just disappointing, right? Yep. Disappointment. But kind of expected. Disappointing, but also not because we expect, yeah, we expect to see it. I, um,. It makes me sad because I really like the Gran Turismo series. Now, the last Gran Turismo game I played was five, which was some years ago, many years. Um, but, uh, you know, I would still like to play it, but now I don't want to play yeah. it. Yeah, I haven't played Gran Turismo in ages. I think the last one I played was like two. 
I got a ROM of it, and it runs pretty well uh, until it just crashes. And that happens relatively quickly. Well, simple. You just uh, you know, uh, pay a microtransaction. Right. Isn't that how it works? I think so. I'd rather not, though. So. Well, unfortunately, it seems like that's the way it's going to go. I, I do wonder <laughs> if Sony's uh, you know, PlayStation Spartacus... Which yeah, Spartacus Spartan, hmm? right? Yeah, yep. I see. I see what you did there. I'm uh, I wonder. Up which I, I wonder if that's also kind of pushing towards more of the games uh, that has uh, DLC and uh, microtransactions as well. Are we going to see Sony go all in on microtransactions? Oh no, I just ruined I, it for you, then. <laughs> no, I just was like processing for a moment. I think you're you have a good idea there. I mean, it's a bad idea. It's terrible, but a good idea in the sense of like that makes sense that they would do that. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong. I really do, but at the same time, oh, like I think of like that. the scummiest, shittiest thing, and that's probably what's going to happen. And considering this is immediately after them announcing it, uh, they've had issues with Gran Turismo. Yeah. Right. Yep. All right. I don't. I don't know if I have anything else to add to that. Do you? Not really. Okie dokie. Well, uh, I uh, we talked about this earlier. We're probably going to have a shorter show this week. I figured you'd probably want to crash, right? I am very tired. I'm hoping to be fully into the back into the swing of things by next week. Mm-hmm. Um, have, we'll get a chance this weekend to, to hopefully reset myself um, and be used to things being different around here. But tonight, I am tired and would appreciate starting to wrap up so that I can yeah. go have sleepy time so hey rage how can people get in touch with us well if you wish to contact us you do so vglpodcast at gmail.com you can drop by the discord which you can find a link to that over at vglpodcast.pombean.com or you go over to the twitter vglpodcast as well nice um and i've already hit you with the socials so yep 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 well, so some of the socials. Been? I have been Jared. You can find me on Twitter by searching for at JMA4707. I have been quiet the last week or two. I've been very busy, but uh, shit posts and other things are starting to return. Um, if you want to see me participate on uh, tabletop RPGs, you can do so over at twitch.tv slash runicarts. That is not my Twitch channel. That is the Twitch channel of the person who streams the games. Um, I play and will be resuming playing a very horrible bastard of a vampire man uh, (laughs) on Wednesday nights. And on Friday nights, I'm running a Battletech game. So if you want to want a deep diver or a a deeper dive into the lore of that universe and the actual tabletop mechanics, you can you can do that. Otherwise, you can chat with me on Discord, as previously discussed on our Discord channel, or through an email, or you can be my friend on Steam, jarthur4707 on Steam. Uh, and I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me occasionally tweeting over at Gaming with CR, or if you wish to be my friend on Steam, you can find me over at, well, Caffeine Rage there as well. Oh, our lovely, lovely patrons have made this possible. You can find out more about that over at patreon.com slash podcast, which uh, helps us pay for the uh, Podbean, vglpodcast.podbean.com, which has the RSS feed, links to all our stuff. Or if you wish to share the love, you can find us on your podcatcher 
of choice. And I recently covered, you know, the social, so I'm not going to bother, but uh, what the hell. VGL Podcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kim McLeod. You can find his work over at Computech.com and... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye now. See you next time. Bye-bye.